0: All right, everybody, welcome back in another episode of the StuCast. And today we're talking college basketball. Coming up, Spencer Luganbill, and I will go over the Tuesday slate of games. But well, we start with a first-time guest. He is from the incomparable three-man weave. Some say the best out of the three-man weave. Uh, <laughs> certainly better than Jim Root. He's not on here, so we can we can bust his balls. He is Kai McKean. Kai, how are you, brother?
1: Mr. Stu, I'm doing well. I appreciate the, uh, the 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 vote of confidence for number one three-man weave guy. I'll take it.
0: Well, hey, look, I, I don't want to talk out of turn, but our friend Jeff Nadeau, you know, he, he's had Matt and Jim on. Waiting for Kai. Waiting for the phone call.
1: He's slacking, man. He needs to give <laughs> me a DM.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you need to get on that. Um, you guys do a good job on big man on basketball. But you also – the daily show, Field of 68s, uh, best bets. You can get that on YouTube. Also, now in a podcast form, which is uh quite nice. Um what what you guys got going on at the Weave? I know you're the Chicago expert right now. Mm-hmm. Uh you're pretty much going to every every DePaul slash Loyola slash whatever game. What, what what you guys got cooking?
1: Yeah, we're just focused on our shows right now. We have uh daily show every week with field of 68 and then got a new action network show on Saturdays that we're doing. We have our own podcast. We have a podcast with action network as well. So we're, we're busy, busy, busy every single day. There's writing involved too. Um, It's definitely been a full slate of college basketball this season, but we love it. It's honestly, it's so much fun. And I used to, I used to be an accountant. It it beats the hell out of being an accountant.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. And in the write-ups you guys did, uh preseason may have uh, may have been devoting a little bit too much time to reading about them um <laughs> at work probably not good luckily my boss doesn't <laughs> listen to this but yeah it's a, it's a phenomenal daily show you guys put out i was telling you i only i think i've missed one so far this season i watch every day uh and it'll get you smart on basketball and hopefully this conversation will help out too and and I'll start, you know, it, I, I'm just, because you're a gambler, you're better here. Mm-hmm. It seems like Monday through Friday and Sunday, uh, you know, things go about, about how you would expect, you know, um, and then Saturday comes and it's, you know, you, whatever you think, just bet the opposite, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you can't put a rhyme and reason to it. Are you guys experiencing that it, like it, and if so what what's going on on Saturdays that causes everything to go to hell?
1: I'll say in general this is probably the weirdest season we've seen at least since I've been doing sports betting which is you know only four or five years now but it seems like in recent years um, and probably past that preseason expectations meant something and uh, and team history meant something and it still does to some degree but It doesn't matter as much this year for some reason. At least that's our anecdotal take on it. It seems like whatever team is hot, they're hot. Bet them. Whatever team is doing poorly, they're doing poorly. Don't bet them. Fade them. Where in the past, you would see teams sort of bounce back to where they should be um, based on preseason prognostications. And you're seeing a, a switch to that. And I think the market is partially getting beat pretty hard this year because of that, or at least struggling more than they usually do. You see the market on—I uh, believe it was two Saturdays ago. I mean, they got walloped on on sides. It seemed like every single move that went with the market lost. Some favorites flipped to dogs, dogs flipped to favorites. Didn't matter. The market got crushed.
0: I thought I thought, so it, I thought uh, you had actually pointed that out and said I think there was like yeah. five or six games where a dog flipped to a favorite, and normally that's. I mean, that's gold. You just bat it. it. yeah. You auto bat, and it was Owen 6
1: Yeah, usually the strongest bet on the board. Uh, and, and it went, yeah, 1-5, 0-6. So, yeah, it, it sucks with how concentrated games are on Saturdays this year. So, it's like, you know, 140 games on Saturday, and then you got 30 the rest of the day. So, really, it comes down to Saturday. And you're right. We've seen some absolutely bonkers results. I can't really explain it. How does Baylor lose two in a row outright? I don't know. It's crazy. It's fun as a college basketball fan. As a better, it can be a little frustrating, but it's another puzzle to solve, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate.
0: I've just decided that I'm just going to bet during the week because
1: for some reason,
0: uh, (laughs) you know, even though Saturday is like, I mean, that is better's delight. Um Mm -hmm. it it seems like during the week, like it's just like, you know, uh Belmont's not gonna lose to, you know, Tennessee Tech on a Tuesday, but on Saturday who knows Crushed, you know? right yeah yeah it's like uh it's insane this past Saturday I I, I will lead off with this because speaking of Saturday one of my b- best plays something I love something you guys talked about um which also helped me kind of bolster my feelings about it Charlotte UTSA you you had some mm-hmm. strong words for it <laughs> yes. I gave it out to a few <laughs> friends what's what's your play of the day uh Charlotte yep. love Charlotte don't love Charlotte anymore. What the hell happened? Because they were up 20, and then I looked. Mm-hmm. I was counting my money, and I looked back, and I, I lost money.
1: Uh, it probably wasn't point shaving, but <laughs> it was the closest thing to point shaving I've ever seen in, in a in a college basketball game, like watching live. Um, yeah, they're, they're dominating the whole first half. Second half, all right, you're kind of cold. They ended up shooting 9 for 24 inside the arc. I mean, that's not great. But UTSA down, three of their best players, right? Two guys out for a while. One guy left the team. It's a good bet. UTSA's been getting killed every single game. At the end of the game, Charlotte's up 16, and they want to pull their starting point guard, Jameer Young, best player on the floor, uh, with a minute 30 to go. I guess just get him out. All right, good game. It's done. But to do it, they fouled UTSA's ball handle on purpose, and UTSA was in the double bonus. I've never seen that happen in my life. And then to, to go on top of that, you get a stop, they, they get a rebound, and it falls right through the guy's hands, almost like he dropped it out of bounds. And it keeps on piling on the last 90 seconds. And it was just a crazy string of events, almost like, wow, it's like Charlotte tried to not cover that 13-point spread. Now, in reality, it was probably just bad luck, but it, it's, it's a weird result. And stack that up, up on top of other weird results, weird year overall so far
0: there i i you guys don't call that stuff out lightly i remember a game last no. year <laughs> and no was it was jackson state where i think it was jackson state where some some shenanigans in the last 30 mm-hmm. seconds blew the blew the cover too. you guys you guys keep people accountable so i like that mm-hmm. um let's move to some positive news though i just had All to right. get that off about charlotte
1: <laughs> i appreciate that
0: though the, yeah no i'm same boat uh Big Twelve is this the best conference going right now? Uh, yeah. Because I think you can make a case that SEC has five really strong teams, and then mm-hmm. eh, and then Big Ten is you know again five teams, but eh. Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we talking like is the national champion coming out of the Big Twelve?
1: It could. I, I think you get some pretty good odds on that. Um, like like it wasn't this was a couple of weeks back, so who knows now, but the odds were pretty favorable for the conference winner, like our big 12 winner wins the national title. I mean, you got Kansas and Baylor Texas tech all of a sudden looks like a, a national title player. I still think Texas might get back someday, but yeah, uh, it certainly helps having 10 teams perhaps, you know, I mean, the big East does too, but there are no bad teams in the big 12. I think every single team is within the kempom top 65 or something like that. And that's just, it's crazy. And you have dominant teams like Baylor and Kansas And you have the dregs like Kansas State who just beat Texas Tech and can beat anybody in the country, apparently. So, yes, by far the best league. There are no easy games in there, whereas you see the other powered leagues like the ACC, SEC, et cetera. There are some bad teams in there, including my Missouri Tigers in the SEC. T's and P's to the Tigers this year. It's
0: tough. Uh, Baylor, you mentioned Baylor coming off two straight losses to Mm -hmm. Tech and. An OK State, which was baffling. Uh, should we be concerned? I mean, is this like, do we sound the alarms, or or is this just, you know, a tough
1: week, and, and they'll bounce back? Tough week, they'll bounce back. And, and in general, I think media members overreact um, a lot, <laughs> like knee-jerk reactions, which is what you're supposed to do, right? You get clicks, whatever. Baylor's fine. They're still – Top three team in the country. They clearly missed Jeremy Sohan. I uh, didn't realize how important he truly was. He's missed the last two games, coincidental to their two losses. And it seemed like Kenjo wasn't all the way healthy against Oklahoma State, so they had some bodies banged up. I think they're totally fine. Still, definitely a national title contender in my eyes. Another national title
0: contender, kind of out of the out of the weeds here. Auburn. They are just yeah. Oof. I mean, they certainly were struggling first half at, at Ole Miss Saturday, but then second half, they just said, okay, we're, we're going to start playing. We're done with warm ups and, and proceeded to kind of cruise. This team is really built to mm-hmm. go far. And uh, Flanagan just adds such yeah. another dynamic. Is this, are they going to win the SEC or, or is it going to be down to them in Kentucky or, or somebody else that we're not mentioning?
1: Yeah, it's probably those two teams, but I, I think Auburn's the best team in the SEC. They've completely won me over. They have all the elements you want in a national title contender, too, right? They have great coach, in my opinion, Bruce Pearl. We, I mean, that Final Four run he had a couple of years ago was absolutely insane. You have NBA talent, like top-notch talent, Jabari Smith. And you have a ton of depth at every single position. Dominant shot blocker, good guards who can score. There's no weaknesses on Auburn. Um they probably should be ranked number one this week in the poll. I don't care about the poll too much, but I saw some people arguing about that uh, today on Twitter. They're awesome. Um, I, I see no reason to try to step in front of them right now and fade them um, because they really have the entire package.
0: So out, out of the top five, top ten, are they the team that, like, if I said, Kai, you got you to gotta make a future wager right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and here's 50 bucks. You got to make a future wager right now
1: on the top 10 team. All right. Is that the team that you would pick? I think value wise, they're right there. Yeah. I, and I haven't looked in a couple of days, but they, you get them 20 to one a couple of days ago and compared to other teams up there, they were going off of like, I don't know, seventh sort of side or something like that. So I think there's value there for sure. Um, definitely a team that makes a deep run. If you're into hedging on your future bets. It's, I don't want to say it's safe bet because the tournament's totally random, but it seems like they're a pretty safe bet to go at least the second weekend, maybe beyond. So I think they're a great value right now in the futures market.
0: All right. I, I wanted to ask you to uh, always do this with Jim. Cause you guys, you guys watch pretty much every single school, except for Eastern Illinois and IUPY, Cause God, <laughs> that's, that's painful to watch. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Uh <laughs> What are some teams that you are following um, that are tending towards a positive direction? So the, those teams that we might not be tracking that, you know, hey, this team is actually slowly getting better. And, and this might be a team to follow for the next few weeks or, or months.
1: Yeah, it depends what I guess. Everything's relative, I suppose. Um, but if you want to go super inside baseball, William and Mary. um and this is a good example for teams in general. See, William & Mary, the 3-0 and start in the Colonial, I think they're 3-1 now, playing great, covering every game all of a sudden in conference play after a brutal non-conference schedule uh, and non-conference performance. Now, are they really good in the grand scheme? No. But relatively speaking, they underperformed greatly in the non-con. We thought they'd be okay. Um, and you're seeing that. they're They're coming back to their normal level in conference play. And that's an example of some teams, I think, that, have this different mindset switch in conference play. It's a brand new season. You start to play to your potential more. Um, a team that's certainly not doing that is right. State against the spread. I know they're six and one in the horizon, but they've been awful against Came the number and, same
0: with Cleveland. State. No, same back. with
1: Cleveland state all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. But those type of teams when trying to pinpoint it's difficult. Uh, Bryant, but I think to
0: your point, Bryant would be, would fit that too.
1: Bryant too. They stay are weird, man. They, they get out to these leads and they're just like, eh, don't feel like finishing. Like we're just going to take the win. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's true.
0: Jerry, it, it's, it goes against what Jared Grosso has kind of absolutely been preaching. They they're playing much slower in the half court. I watched it. They, mm-hmm. It was a great game against Wagner. And I mean, they, I mean, I think the total was up in the one seventies, but yeah. really Brian, Brian let that game go in the last 30 seconds.
1: I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, handing them the victory. Right. And then I, yeah. I just thought of one more team grand Canyon, man. Holy crap. Uh, they have been crushing teams the last couple of games. I, I thought they would be down this year. Clearly uh, a mistake by me. And, and I should know, I mean, I think, uh, Bryce drew is a great coach I, and it makes sense. So I need to stop fading grand Canyon because it turns out they're actually pretty legit this season.
0: I'm just hoping. I think it was last year we got at Grand Canyon and New Mexico State, or mm-hmm. maybe New Mexico in the in the WAC finals, and and that was a good game. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for that again because uh, the WAC has actually been pretty. It's really. It's good. actually been pretty good from a betting perspective. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some trends, some teams. Uh, GC, just to talk a little Grand Canyon basketball. Um when you find a team like this in a WAC or, or we can apply it to the horizon as well. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, are you just kind of singling in and going, okay, I, I don't know. I know enough. I have a good feeling about Grand Canyon. I may not have a great feeling about Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm, I don't, I have a great feeling about them, but I, I know this one team, I'm going to follow this one team. Or yep. do you just start, trying to look at the whole of the whack and trying to extrapolate more if you have a good feeling. And that's just a question as a better, because it's like, yeah, I may have a great, I've been all over Indiana state this year, but mm-hmm. the rest of my plays in uh, the Valley are, are it's not that great.
1: Yeah. I would say ordinarily, I don't pay as close attention to recent streaks and, and recent games, I, I try to look at the body of work, um, you know, how the team's done the entire season because sample sizes are, are small and it could just be an anomaly, a hot shooting night. But like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this year, these streaks are everything in in, in betting, apparently. So Grand Canyon's hot right now. The market, or, or rather, the results this year would tell you to keep riding Grand Canyon when ordinarily I would probably push back on them this next game at Stephen F. Austin, I still might, um, because they've gotten too high value-wise in the analytics, which do influence heavily odds makers setting those lines.
0: When you're going over a game and uh, just researching it, i always curious to talk to you guys about what your process is. Can you describe it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so we each have ratings on all 358 teams. We've had them for years. Adjusting during the off-season when we write our previews, get a good number on a team, and and make, I'll say, minimal adjustments mostly during the season based on results. And we maintain those ratings all year and make spreads with them. We assign home court advantage to the home team. Very simple process. You know, add three points, add two points, add four points for home. You get a number, right? Team A minus team B, that's your number. And I think that's a very old school process that not a lot of people probably still do. Everyone's got to, a system or models these days, we're still kind of pen and paper. And that's, that's a direct result of us kind of learning how to handicap from Alan Boston. He taught us how to basically do it all. So we follow his approach and usually that's been great this year. We've had a little adversity because like I said, these, this current form basically of teams has been the real dominant factor. So we've had to kind of adjust our strategy a little bit. i have been giving more credit to current form and it's it's interesting it's uh it's it's a constant puzzle that's what kind of makes it fun um so now when i make a number i'll I'll have another uh filter or factor of how how has this team been doing lately how how has their opponent been doing lately and maybe that influences my line one way or the other
0: okay i i love hearing like momentum and and current form because i'm a guy that's like okay well do they shoot free throws? What kind of offense? It's a good they angle they like? too, for sure. And, and yeah. that's a good angle too. But uh, I, I, th- I think not, not enough credence. I certainly miss out on the momentum factor, mm-hmm. and and that's because you know, was beating, you know, SIUE a really great win for this team, right? Or was it just you know,
1: they they beat the Hawks like, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, it's the hardest thing to do. Get in front of a trend, right? It's it's yeah. like how do you predict what's going to happen next? It's difficult. That's why betting's hard.
0: (laughs) I I like, I like that piece of information, but look at the momentum folks. Uh, A few questions before we wrap up here. Give me a team that surprised you the most and a team that disappointed
1: you. Oh man. A team that has surprised me the most and team disappointed me. Well, we already talked about Wright State. So I, I, I can't necessarily back them again. (laughs) <laughs> I will say lately, Florida has been disappointing me a lot. I know they covered against South Carolina, but that's a team that kind of fooled me in, in the early going, you know, a couple of really good results and then just tanked. And it's like, ah, well, I thought I had a good, uh, I thought I got ahead of the curve on Florida. Wasn't the case. If they've had a couple of lately, I've been disappointed in West Virginia. They haven't been a good team this year. Um, obviously St. Bonaventure has been a disaster. Um, and on the flip side, in their conference, VCU is a team that's impressed the hell out of me this season. I know they just got crushed by St. Bonaventure, trying to look past that a little bit. But, man, for my money, they're still the best team in the A-10 this year. Uh, just very impressed with what they've been doing on defense. And then you add Ace Baldwin in the, in the conversation, and all of a sudden their offense is pretty solid. So they're one of the most impressive teams or surprising impressive teams this season. Uh,
0: you guys have talked about in the past on shows where – you know, if players are out, it really doesn't matter, except for a few guys, right? right? Except for <laughs> a few instances, I guess. Yep. There's like five or six of them. Is there? Is there uh, like a couple of players that come to mind that like you've seen that? Okay, well, if they're out for COVID, we can't mm-hmm. we can't touch this game. Yeah. Uh, and conversely, you know, why do you think that is? Like, it stands the reason, um, you know, that. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the New Mexico State game, you know, with Simmons mm-hmm. out this past weekend um, for ACU, I mean, yep. they, they don't really have any scoring. Yeah. How, how do you identify these guys where it's it's going to be a problem versus, oh, it, it, they actually play better?
1: It's really hard. Uh, I would say that the player that comes to mind specifically is Asana Sagula for Lipscomb. Oh, great. Great call. I mean, yeah. if you, you saw him out of the lineup, they're losing by 30, 40 every game because he's so important on both ends for them. And he's dominant when he's in the game, right? He, he takes every shot, scores 30, whatever. When he's in the game, they're pretty good. But, yeah, a lot of these guys don't matter. I mean, Curbelo for Illinois didn't matter at all. And that's it, – it's so many factors. It's number one, it's okay, it's okay, who's behind the guy on the team? Who's the next man up? Is he actually pretty good? He just hasn't gotten a chance to, you know – shine yet maybe that's the case and they don't fall off too much or they fall off less than what the market reacts to i tend to think the first game a guy is out doesn't matter quite as much because the other guys in their mindset are we're going to step up this game we're going to have a good game and step up for curbella or whatever but it's the second and third game that it's like okay well now we're kind of in our second third game our stars out i stepped up last game i'm not that guy it kind of goes back to a who's who's our alpha who do we give the ball to sort of thing but it's tough doesn't always happen like that it doesn't always work out that guys matter guys don't matter it always seems like when i bet a, an injury game doesn't work out as much but i think that's more anecdotal and probably the, the the mind focusing on losses versus wins uh
0: and that's i i guess from the mentality of a gambler you gotta just get past it but it is tough oh, uh, it's so tough <laughs> tomorrow i don't know if you've looked at the slate for tomorrow is there a game that and you don't have to give out a, a betting pick but is sure. there a game that is of interest to you from a x's and O standpoint
1: i really haven't looked at the slate much but i got it up right now and i'm i'm, I'm eyeballing it right now <laughs>
0: one yeah, of the well, key things
1: i'm i got I, I I, the
0: moment there yeah
1: yeah whatever it's all good um okay two things let's go to top of that here so Baylor, right, they're playing West Virginia. And this is just an interesting thing. What do you do from a handicap perspective? Sohan's probably out. Akinjo might be out for Baylor as well. But West Virginia has been terrible this year. They're at home. They have a really strong home court. Baylor's lost two in a row. There's so many factors going against each other. It's like, what do you do here um, from, a, from a betting standpoint? The answer is probably stay away. <laughs> but yeah. if you want <clears throat> to try to get down into it it's, it's just an interesting and tough thing to do and then another game on here South Carolina and Arkansas I can tell you right now my number is probably going to say bet South Carolina and I'm going to say no thank you uh, I'm not betting on this this lousy Gamecocks team again and Arkansas might have some momentum now after beating LSU thumping Mizzou maybe they're a team that starts to come back around like a lot of people thought in the preseason
0: yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, uh, – Nadu says, don't expect bad teams to do good things. And hey, I, I – in line. I, yeah, I, I certainly see it with uh, South Carolina. That's a team – They're terrible. I mean, they're so tempting. So yep. tempting. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's
1: not been there all year. Yeah. They'll play a good game once in Blue Moon. They have depth on paper. They have a coach in Frank Martin, I respect. So it's strange. I, you know, I, and they've had success in the SEC in, in the past, right? They've been bad, but they've still won like 9,10 games out of nowhere in the SEC. So yeah, they're they're one of the more frustrating teams, I think, to get a handle on this season.
0: Last question, and uh, I want to take you up to Big Ten Country. Oh, two very weird teams. One I have to ask about because'm uh, I'm, I'm an alum. The other I have to uh, ask because we have a bunch of Jersey mongos here that listen <laughs> to the show and, and always love hearing it. Rutgers basketball uh, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk some Scarlet Knights. Uh, yeah. It's been wildly, wildly profitable to kind of bet Ruckers. It, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a nice team that tells you when they're going to do some good and when they're going to lay a stinker and, uh, what's your take on Rutgers right now? Because really see, you know, Ron Harper, geo cliff, uh, Mulcahy in the corner shooting threes, mm-hmm. like it's 93 Blazers bulls. <laughs> you just in the corner. Uh, wh- what do you think of this team? Cause it's certain like to my eye, it, you know, a couple some really bad losses in the nine con yeah. feels like a bubble team.
1: Yeah. Right now for sure. I, Heading into the year, I think the general consensus was, all right, Rutgers will still be pretty good because Amaruri looked good last year without Miles Johnson on the floor. Maybe they're going to stick around the bubble. You saw them go to overtime with Lehigh. You saw them lose to Lafayette and UMass. It was like, what the hell is happening with this team? They suck, but their players are basically the same besides Johnson last year. And Jacob Young, he was good as well. I can't discount his impact. Now they're getting the Big Ten. They're awesome at home. Okay, the rack, right? I'm not fading Rutgers at the rack. So that's my number one takeaway there for Rutgers this year. I'm like, all right, Rutgers is a great home team. I'm giving them a lot of credit when they're at home, maybe looking to back them. But then they just beat Maryland on the road too. So maybe they're actually a decent team in general and maybe one that's worthy of backing more. I probably haven't better faded Rutgers one time this year because I couldn't figure them out after that non-con. But look at their resume. They're right there on the tourney, on the tournament bubble.
0: It, it, and you brought up the Maryland game. They, they were getting five, and I jumped all over it uh, when, the, when the books opened. It, Maryland, are they in auto fade? Just completely? Because I feel like they're touching that
1: territory. It's weird. They covered – so they covered Northwestern. They covered Wisconsin. They covered – they should have covered Illinois. I was actually on them against Illinois. That was a tough beat. I think they covered Iowa, too. So they covered like four in a row. So that's kind of a weird team where it's like they're one in five in the big 10. I think everyone thinks they are terrible, but in the market, they haven't been terrible against the spread recently. Now the Rutgers game. Yeah. Not even close. Maybe the answer is don't back them as a favorite, <laughs> take them as a dog, a scrappy dog. If the number's getting too high, they're at Michigan tomorrow, Michigan, oh, okay. probably down Dickinson and Johns. Who knows? Yeah.
0: That's, that's an interesting game too. Mm-hmm. It, it, I I, it it screams take Michigan. Michigan can't for sure lose another game here. But yes, this team with Dickinson out is Mm -hmm. it's an issue. Even though he's weird using the games to uh, work on his NBA jumper. um,
1: Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) He probably should have left.
0: (laughs) He he probably should have. He would have worked out great. He could have been in the G League. It would have been awesome. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Michigan State, my alma mater. Tough game. Uh, this past week, they have not been playing well. The the writing was on yeah. the wall with the Northwestern line, um, and they come in, went out. Right. I don't know. What, happened what are your there, thoughts? Because this team was coming in so hot, everything was kind of,
1: you know, full steam ahead. But uh, last week, it's just not been there. I don't know what happened against Northwestern. I mean, they're down Pete Nance. They're down Elijah Williams, and they come into Michigan State and beat them. One of the weirder results we've seen this season. That's a that's a Saturday or Saturday, right? I believe Saturday. A Saturday, yeah. Saturday result for you. There's some weird stuff going on. Michigan State has been great this year, but they haven't given me the warm and fuzzies. I and maybe it's their offense. Like I don't know who the guy is in that team. Is it Gabe Brown? And, and Gabe Brown, by the way, is the most athletic not athletic guy I've ever seen. And by that, I mean, he cannot get by anybody off the dribble, but he can jump 50 feet in the air. But when he has the ball, it's like whether he, I don't know if it's he just can't handle the ball very well or he's just not quick laterally, but it's so frustrating to watch him. He's a good player, but it's incredible how he just cannot create for anybody. And I, and Chris, not the best player. Walker's not a guy. You can just say, get a bucket, even though he's been pretty awesome analytically for them. It's just a strange team without a, an alpha go-to scorer. And I think against better teams, when the game's on the line, you need someone you can give the ball to and say, get a bucket. I'm not sure Michigan State has that this year. Maybe someone emerges late December, February. Tom Izzo has a long track record of figuring it out. I generally trust them. And I, I generally trust he'll figure it out. But as a team right now, I'm kind of hesitant on, like calling a Final Four contender or something like that.
0: You no, know, it, it seems like it's going to be a 7-8 seed team. It just grinds out a win or yeah. two in yeah, the dangerous, turf. dangerous seven, right? Yeah, or eight yeah, yeah. For sure. And, and, <laughs> and then you get into it, and who knows? Uh, Kai, I can't thank you enough for your time. We, we're doing this all in overtime, of uh, yeah, uh, that's Turkey, amazing, right? Colorado. Look at that. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> what a game on MLK Day. Yeah, uh, man. Kai, where can the good people find you a- and find the three man leaf?
1: Yeah, 3-Man Weave, uh, Twitter handle is 3MW underscore CBB. That's where we'll tweet out all our shows, all our podcasts, our few things we actually write on our website, 3-Man-Weave.com. We still have previews of every single team in the country on that site. Some, some stuff may be still relevant, so check that out if you want. And then my Twitter handle is KY underscore 3MW.
0: Kai, okay, you guys are doing the Lord's work out there. Um, I appreciate chatting with you. I hope to have you on again down the road. Because uh, you guys, I mean, you can talk the Tommies, you can talk oh, yeah. Gonzaga, Tommies. you can talk, uh, you know, uh, Ishpameen State College. You guys are phenomenal <laughs> when it comes to college basketball. Check these guys out. Kai, we'll see you. We'll be back right after these. All right, back again. Spencer Luganville, the co-host of this program. He's back with us. Spencer, how
2: are you, man? I'm good, my man. I'm excited to come back for some more college basketball. I wish I was watching more of it. I just have been so busy recently. And obviously the, uh, the grand slams for tennis star, I used to be a big time tennis player. So I'm kind of watching that at the same time. Thank God for ESPN plus man, because without ESPN plus, I would be so in the doghouse with watching games.
0: Dude, I was, I've been watching uh, Northeastern and Delaware all night, and that's been aggravating to say the least, especially when you got money on Northeastern. But uh I, I get what you're saying, man. I mean, you gotta watch some of these games and you just gotta fit it in. And, mm-hmm. and some of these games are real tough to watch. You know, I you gotta you gotta go to the Yocho. Uh you gotta get on the dark web to get Wagner playing Bryant, right? But you need to watch these games to see how these teams play. I think it informs a lot. Uh, uh
2: I think that the main thing too, I know I I believe it was Alan Boston in that nice documentary they did about sports betting. I think he looks through all the review, like the recap, cbs.com, whatever, cbssports.com, and he just reads all the reviews and just like that was his nightly thing. After all the games, he just read all the reviews for all the games. I mean, he put so much hard work into it. So I think if I can't watch the games, I should at least be trying to do that. So it's kind of been a struggle, but a couple months till March Madness, I got to get my ass in gear here.
0: Yeah, we're we're approaching it. How's uh, how's basketball betting been for you the past week or so?
2: It's been all right. I, obviously, uh, Seton Hall screwed me out of the out of a parlay with Wisconsin. I should have gone right back into the well and bet Wisconsin heads up. I didn't do that. And then the Holy Cross line just got a little bit too wonky for me. I, I kind of just stayed away from it. I feel like to me, if you ever pass a bet, it's kind of you know, it's it's almost like a, a half of a win in in that way it's almost like you're saving half a unit
0: yeah i I, i've been uh doing pretty good you can check out uh i'm i'm giving out plays most game days i'll I'll post a play you know like today i didn't really love anything Uh, you know i post plays i really like um i'm uh currently 13 and 4 over the last uh two weeks
2: okay two weeks not bad not bad yeah
0: Not bad, not bad. I'll I'll have some plays out on chalkboard uh, today because there's a couple games, a couple spots I I am interested in. So uh, let's hop right into it. Spencer, uh, what do you like for today's card?
2: So I'm actually going to go over the, like my little like degenerate dirtbag matchup and that's going to be Canisius versus St. Peter's. I have St. Pete on Ken Palm, seven point favorites. I think overall, just when you look at this type of matchup, And you see how good the St. Peter's defense is against Canisius. Canisius 279, adjusted efficiency. They don't really shoot the ball that well. They're, you know, bottom 300. They have a good, decent turnover rate, top 50 in the country. But that St. Peter's defense has, everything is in the top 100, including their adjusted defensive efficiency. And I just kind of feel overall, it's a seven point game. It is obviously going to be, a conference game, but when I look at St. Peter's overall, listen, they, they've got a bunch of losses. They're, they're not doing too hot, but they have a two game win streak. Now it's a first two game win streak against Ryder against Monmouth. just to me is the same type of team Ryder is. And they won by a solid seven. I think this for me is just going to be the game where I kind of check the line. And if it's around seven, I bet it. If not, I just think St. Pete's is the play here overall. Like I said, just I think that defense is going to win games like this inside the conference.
0: I, I actually am going to be playing this game, and I <clears throat> I did have a play in here. I agree with you. I like seeing Pete. And <clears throat> coming off that long COVID pause when they beat Monmouth, I thought that was a big victory because Monmouth is, is a serious team in this conference. Um, it, you know, they played really well. And Canisius is just a layup line. I mean, I don't know how you give up 80 to Manhattan. The Jaspers are horrific. Um, and and this is a team, Canisius is not a team that travels. Uh, I mean, they, they've lost some pretty ugly games on a three-game losing streak here. All road games, you're going on the road again, staying on the road, uh, going to St. Pete's. Uh, yeah, I, I
2: like St. Peter's too. I think sometimes that brings up a good point, too. When you lose two on the road and you're like, man, I can't wait to get back in my comfy beds," and they see, you see where you stop next and it's not home, it's away, I think that can kind of add a little bit of a mental edge. And listen, we talked about how bad Kanisha shoots the ball, effective field goal. St. Pete's not much better, 44.1%, 335. They're actually a little bit worse.
0: Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and I think what needs to be kind of line-drawn is we're looking at total stats for the season, correct? Yeah, I think with with some of these smaller conferences, what you really need to do is just look at the in conference. Look at who they're playing because now you've got now you've got water, you know, meeting its level, and they're not trying to play Syracuse. They're not trying to go get money and play, you know, Northern Kentucky or whatever. They're playing teams that are are about their, their same water level. And I, I think, uh, you know, Bryant's a team that comes to mind as a hot start in conference, horrible non-conference. We talked about this earlier in the show with Kai a little bit, but uh, I, I think that's something you got to start paying attention to.
2: So something I, I do love on Ken Palm, and I'm glad you brought that up. Little conference only button. I clicked it. Number one, efficiency for defense, St. Peter's. Yep. They're also number one defense effective field goal and turnover percentage. When two bad teams shoot, can't shoot the ball that well, I want the team that's gonna play better defense. Sorry.
0: And, and I'd take a look at a total. Uh mm-hmm. maybe a 120s. It's 7163
2: on Ken Palm right now. So it seems like Yeah, so pretty-
0: you get 132, 133, something like that. Um, so yeah, something to take care of. Uh I'm, I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to the Big Ten. The suck eyes of Ohio State taking on Ooey Pooey. Uh, this line's going to be 32 33. I expect it to get up to 37 38. Uh, it, this, it, it's pretty simple. IUPUI is one of the worst teams in the country that's mm-hmm. in the bottom five, and they don't do anything well. They don't do anything good. They just got blown out by uh, almost 30 this past weekend. I forget who they were playing. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, that was. And what, what was crazy about that is Patrick Baldwin wasn't even playing. Mm-hmm. And you lost by 30 to Milwaukee. Milwaukee has been horrific this year. Yeah. An absolute disaster and blown out by 30. They go to Ohio state. Now, Here's the thing, like Ohio State's going to call the dogs off pretty early, right? Uh, so spread-wise, I'm, I'm not like super enamored with laying any more than 31-32. That's yeah. where I want to be here because, you know, to cover these huge spreads, you get, you got to have like guys that just want to go out and score. I'm interested in the team total for Ohio State. I could easily see this being 91, 92, 59, right? Yeah. I could easily see this being that kind of game. Um, team total, uh, stick at 31, 32 for Ohio State, and I'll double up on that game with that.
2: All right, second game for me, going to the eight ten, 10 and I'm not going with my beloved Bynes, going against them, going with Dayton. There's only two teams in the top, that have pretty much undefeated records against the top 50 in Ken Palm, it's Colorado state and it's Dayton. They're ones with three and oh, ones, two and oh, obviously St. Bonaventure's in the top, whatever, 75. I look at their schedule. I mean, we, we just talked about Canisius, how bad they are. Sienna to start off the year, ping, bang, easy two wins. Boise state is okay. Clemson Marquette. They lose to Northern Iowa and they beat Coppin, Buffalo, Loyola, Maryland. They're supposed to beat these teams. And then two more losses to Connecticut and Virginia Tech, and they just beat VCU, who has been on a a decent tear. And they beat them pretty bad as well. Uh, Dayton, to me, overall, I just think St. Bonaventure, is. we liked this team so much earlier in the year. I think that, for me, they just kind of had it all their own way. You look overall. That three-game losing streak at the beginning of the year, I think, is still holding over Dayton. And I think that people just don't realize how good this team is. They lost to SMU. They lost to Mississippi and they lost to VCU who beat them by a point. And listen, I mean, if you want to look at apples to apples, then this game should be St. Paul Ventures. No problem. They beat Kansas. They beat Belmont. They've beaten solid, solid inside the top 50 teams here. I want Dayton. I think overall, when you look at these two teams, they shoot about the same efficiency wise defense offense. Sure, Dayton does seem to want to turn the ball over a ton. The Bonaventures don't get a lot of steals. So it's like, okay, don't worry about that red line when there's another red line right next to it in Ken Palm. I will say this St. Bonaventure does shoot the ball well from the free throw line. That's my one worry. But Dayton does shoot well two per, two point percentage to begin with, 16% or 56.5%. I feel like that's pretty damn good for shooting two points, which, which tends to for me to think they get to the rim pretty easily. I want Dayton to win by two.
0: Yeah, I, I want to see where this line goes because I'm tempted. This is a perfect letdown spot for the Bonnies going on the road now. Got to go to Dayton. Uh, the Flyers gym is always packed. It's always a rowdy spot. Dayton gets after it with basketball. And you're right. I mean, SMU, that's a good loss. Uh, Ole Miss, respectable. I mean, you know, Kermit Davis has an okay team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, VCU – who we talked about earlier in the show. Yeah, I mean, they might be the best team in the A10. Maybe they're certainly off to a hard, hot start. But yeah, I, I think the line and the number, this is a game that's gonna tell you where where to mm-hmm. go. Um, so yeah, I, I looked at it too. I I would maybe lean Dayton, but yeah, I think you gotta see. I I would suspect if you see the line at about two to three. Dayton might be a live, live dog here. Uh, If the number goes up to like four or five, uh, I I'd probably stay away. All right. Um, I'm ahead to a game in the Atlantic sun conference. It's electric city folks. (coughs) Excuse me. So electric. I had to sneeze. Uh, (laughs) Eastern Kentucky, Lipscomb, and these two teams in terms of pace are right up there in top 30 in the country. But one thing I've noticed is that uh, these overinflated totals are kind of, you kind of need two teams that are capable of making shots on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis. You need to, or, or like huge weaknesses that, Like uh, Bryant Wagner, right? Yeah. Wagner's great inside. Bryant sucks inside. Bryant can shoot threes. Wagner's horrible at defending threes. That's an over game, right? Uh, You know, you could look at um, Delaware and Northeastern, for instance, the game I'm watching now. It went to overtime. But, you know, this game was – I, you know, I thought it had a good shot to go over as both teams – you know, struggle with turnovers. Uh, They struggle with uh, maintaining possession, a lot of points in transition and off off turnovers. Um, And now they're going over, right? This is a game, however, that I think you're at, you can't ask bad teams to do good things. Mm -hmm. Eastern Kentucky I'm really questioning. Now, this team this team last year, I would take the over here. But Eastern Kentucky has had a, a couple transfers out. And while they still play the brand of basketball of, we're just going to sprint up and down. I, I think a total here, which, you know, it'll probably be in the 161 range. Yeah. I think that's a little bit too much. Because you're asking Eastern Kentucky, who's been struggling to get past 70, To put
2: 80 on the board. To put 80 on the board. That's three to five more possessions. That's, I don't think. And Lipscomb,
0: look, look, Lipscomb, you know, Asadula's back and he's playing. So that team is actually like legitimately good. But they struggle to get into the 80s too. Mm -hmm. I just think this is, people are looking at the pace and tempo and saying, oh yeah, they're going to just sprint, track meet. They're going to just, you know, score, score, score. But these teams aren't great shooting. They aren't. Like super efficient offensively. If I see 161, 162 up there, I'm I'm taking the under.
2: All right. All right. I like where you're going there. Uh, I'm gonna go back right back to the wall for my last game. Pick a Wisconsin against Northwestern or Northeast or Northwestern. Oh my god, I'm losing my mind here. Too late in the night, too late in the night. So for me, this is real easy. In fact, the field goal percentage for Northwestern in conference, 45.7, they're 14th. Is I think that's bottom. I think there's only 14 teams in the big. 10, if I remember, like just going overall. And Wisconsin, just when you have a top 30 defense and that team is going to be terrible in conference, I want Wisconsin. It says it's only going to be a point. I can't believe they're that close. I know Wisconsin doesn't effectively shoot the ball that well. I want Wisconsin.
0: I'll tell you this. If the line is one, I bet Northwestern or don't bet the game. Okay. Uh, because that, that's, uh, you got to, you got to think, right? And and this is what I've done all season. Uh, for instance, Notre Dame was at home against Kentucky earlier this year. Notre Dame was getting four points. And I sat there and I said, that's a weird line. That's weird. Why is Notre Dame getting four points against Kentucky? Kentucky's way better. Yeah. Notre Dame won easily, going away. It, it's lines like that, uh, a, like a week and a half ago, Maryland was a one-point dog to Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. they almost won. It took Wisconsin making a last-second shot to, to sure. win. Mm-hmm. When you see a line like that, it's very weird. It's very weird, especially with Northwestern, who still has, you know, two of their best players out, you know, yeah. and we don't know what their status is for the game. I don't know that 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 would just I would see that line and go okay it's bet the Wildcats or pass
2: okay all right good to think forward
0: yeah uh, Any,
2: anything left for you
0: no I you know I'll have another play or two posted on chalkboard uh, I'll most likely be giving out Ohio State team total and uh, we'll see where the line falls I, I'll tell you team totals have been sharp yes super sharp I mean I, I I've maybe bet four or five team totals in the past couple of weeks where it's fallen half a point or a mm. point over or under uh generally under because I bet team total overs uh it, it's been brutal it's been incredible
2: I, I think so too I think that you know it's just it's funny how there's over under bets just not to go off on a tangent but you know nobody wants to play the under in football like nobody wants to like you know play under 40 they want to see points on the board they don't want to see a you know 13 10 snooze fest unless they know there's gonna be terrible weather and they just feel like it's a freebie for a win so when you play these team total overs like you want teams to put points on the board and sometimes you talk about how sharp they are i remember too just starting off with baseball when i was first trying to get into this a lot of that stuff for the playoffs you know I would bet team totals, you know, first five. And, man, I was just struggling so hard with that. So I, I think that a lot of the time it comes down to just how well do you know that team and how well they've been shooting the last, I would say, three to five games that really would help me with my team totals.
0: I'll tell you, I, I think the run is over, but Gonzaga team totals have been in like the 83, 84 range, mm-hmm. and they've been averaging 110 points in conference. Yes. Yep i mean it's incredible so i know that's going to come back down to earth and that those totals will be unplayable they will be like 94 95 it's hard to it's hard to ask a team to score 94 95 points in 40 Um, minutes of basketball yes uh but their efficiencies are like Mm
2: -hmm. they're
0: they're averaging two points of possession yeah it's it's incredible yeah um well, Spencer, what do you got going on Redboard Rewind this week?
2: So I'm having Benny South Street back. Obviously, the, the COVID bug kind of nipped that one in the last couple of weeks ago. So I'm gonna have him on to talk some Southern California racing. Glad to have him back on the show. Uh, didn't really get a um didn't get a poll out this week because I didn't really know who my guest was gonna be. I tried to ask him a couple of people. Benny was the first one to get back to me. So we're going over a couple of the longer priced horses that won from that day. Super excited for that. Hey, you know, just trying to keep going with the sports betting, you know, just try to, you know, did have a birthday over the weekend, turned 31. So getting older and just trying to, you know, gain more knowledge as we go on in this wonderful college basketball season and just sports betting in general. Now that it's legal in New York.
0: Yeah. Let's get after it, man. Folks, we're going to be back. I'm working on a special show later in the week. We'll see if we can get it done. But uh, if not, we'll be back with the college basketball show. Uh Until then, take care, Spencer. Good luck to you, man, and uh, we'll see you next time.